Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Welcome to Online Church. So good to be with you. Since March, the end of March, we've been doing church online across all of our locations at Elevation here in Australia. And it's been great in the lieu of being able to meet in person due to COVID-19 restrictions and et cetera, et cetera. We've been meeting online. And so from the top of Cairns down in Melbourne, all the way across to Western Australia in Mandra, each week at 9, 11 and 5, we've been gathering online. We've been worshipping together, singing the same songs. We've been hearing the same message, uh, great message, Uh, brought by a pastor to encourage us. We've been encouraging our giving uh, during the transition and some thoughts have been shared with us. And it's been a great experience. And I'm so grateful that we are able to do that. Well, from today, I have some great news for us. No, we're not able to meet back in person. But next to that, maybe some uh, second best news is that from today onwards, I am going to be preaching every Sunday to our church. That's right. Every Sunday, I will be preaching. And I'm not sure if I just heard a collective cheer or a collective groan, but either way, I'm going to be preaching. And I'm looking forward to it. I've missed preaching God's word. I've missed bringing a message that I feel God is speaking to us, that the Holy Spirit is leading me into bringing to our church for this season. So I'm encouraged. I hope you're encouraged as well. Hey, can I just ask you for something at this time? Can you be praying for me? I'm a little bit out of touch and a little bit out of the rhythm with preparing a message each week. But also, can you be praying, and more importantly, be praying for our church. Be praying for our community. Just be believing that we're going to return to church soon, that we're going to return to in-person gatherings, but just also praying that God continue to move at this time in our lives, continue to pour out His blessings, His provision, His peace, that God would continue to break people, uh, to set people free from addictions and bondage, to set, to set them free from, uh, to heal them, and also just to save people, to bring people into a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Can't wait till we're back together here at church, drinking a coffee, catching up. It's going to be so, so good. Speaking of praying, let's pray right now. Lord Jesus, I thank you for our time together today. Jesus, I pray that your Holy Spirit will speak through me as I believe he has spoken to me about this topic that I want to share on today. I thank you that lives will be changed, Jesus, and that you are a great God in Jesus' name. Everyone said, come on, everyone said, amen. Uh, If you don't know, I have three children, Joel, who is 14, Ethan, who just turned 12 yesterday, and Roman, who is four. We recently purchased a bedside lamp for Roman. And it's in the shape of a rocket ship. And it's pretty cool. It has, uh, has these LED lights, three AAA batteries to power it, all these uh, uh, holes to let the light shine through. It's a really cool little rocket ship. The only issue I have with it, and you know, if I had made the purchase, this wouldn't have been a problem, but my wife Gabby did, is that it's a ceramic bedside lamp. And I'm not too sure about having things that can break real easily around four-year-olds. But anyway, I digress. It's a great rocket ship. And the reason we brought this rocket ship is because recently Roman has been getting scared of the dark. And if you've had children, you'll, you'll have experienced this. When they're babies, when they're toddlers, they quite happily will be put in a dark room by themselves and go to sleep. But as they get older, somewhere along the line, they start to realize, they start to understand the dark and they don't like it. 
And so you have to buy them a bedside lamp. You have to turn the, the, the light on in the hallway. You have to leave, uh, maybe you leave the light on in the room, but you just uh, dim it down a little bit. You have to have a light. They don't like the dark. And today as adults, uh, hopefully we're past the stage of being scared of the dark. Hopefully we're, we're okay. We could put ourselves to sleep in a dark room. But you know what? As we look around at the world at this time, we might be concerned about the darkness that we see. All the darknesses around us at this moment. You only have to turn on the news to see what is going on. You only have to turn on the news to see the riots and the abuse of power and the protests uh, in this overseas. You only have to look closer to home in our own states where state premiers are playing politics around COVID-19 and opening up the borders. You only have to look at the mental health issues that are arising the, the jobs that are being lost, businesses closing down. It's a dark time. You only have to look at social media and entertainment and so anti-God, so anti-Jesus, pushing a, an agenda that is contrary to His Word. It's a dark time. And if you look around at the world, you might be concerned with everything you see, the negativity, the darkness. You know, there's a lot of darkness in the world right now. And as I was just sitting and thinking about this, in the last couple of weeks, I really felt like the Holy Spirit just to bring to remembrance to me a scripture verse that we all know and that I want to share with us today. And I felt like he said, hey, Bronson, here's a scripture that kind of speaks into this topic that you're talking about. And so today I just want to share quickly. I'm not going to take up a lot of time. Just share quickly about what I think the Holy Spirit may be wanting to share with us in this time, in this season, as a church, as people, as followers of Jesus Christ. Open up your Bibles today. We're going to be looking at Matthew 5, verse 14 to 16. If you don't have a Bible, it'll be on the screen uh, just underneath me. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, this is Jesus, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. So the answer to where is God, God's light in this moment, the answer to us, think to ourselves, with all this darkness, where is God? Why isn't God doing something? God, why don't you light up this world? Why don't you shine your light at the moment? The answer to this question is Jesus saying, you're the light. I have sent you to be the light of the world. Jesus says that in the darkness of disease and lockdown and anger, you're the light. Jesus says that in the abuse of power and protests and riots and violence, you're the light. Jesus says that in lockdown and loss of jobs and negativity, you're the light. Come on, turn to the person next to you today and say, you're the light. Say it with me. I'm the light. I am the light. Jesus doesn't say that we ought to be the light. He says that we are the light. I often wonder why after we're accepting Jesus Christ into our lives that he just doesn't click his fingers and in a moment we're transformed from earth to heaven spending eternity in glory with Him, worshipping and praising Him. I often wonder why that's not the case. And I come to this realization that the case for that, that that doesn't happen is because God has chosen to leave us here on earth to be the light 
of God to the earth. That's why Jesus has left us here. Jesus uses this, this rich imagery of a hillside city, a city on a hillside, a glow shining the light. He talks about a lamp stand, a lamp on a stand that brings light to the whole house. We shine the heavenly light of Christ into the darkness of the world around us. Let me paint another picture for you. It's like if you take a road trip and in that road trip, you have to travel through the night. And let's just say you're driving from Melbourne to Sydney and you're driving through the night and you've got your, your lights on, your headlights on, it's shining the path in front of you, but you can't see anything around you. And in the distance, you see a, a glow, a faint glow. And as you get a little bit closer and a little bit closer, the, that glow has a, a yellow tinge to it. And as you get closer and closer, you, you start to kind of make out that this, this yellow glow, it's like an upside down W. It's in the shape of an M and it's golden. The golden arches, it's, it's McDonald's. Anyone know what I'm talking about? Come on, Mickey D's, Macca's, McDonald's. It's McDonald's and you're like, yes. In, in, the, in the darkness of the night, this light of McDonald's, I'm going to pull over, get a Big Mac, cheeseburger, I'm going to get a thick shake, an apple pie, whatever it is that you like. It, it, you know, when you're driving on a road trip and you see that light, you're like, yes. And that's what God has called us to be like, like the light of McDonald's. So that when people see us, they're like, yes, I want this. What this person has, I want it in my life too. But the question is, how do we shine like a hillside city? How do we shine like a lamp in a room? How do we do that? What exactly does it mean? Do we shine by our holiness, our righteousness? Do we shine by our, you know, joyfulness, exuberance for life? Do we shine through the gospel? Do, 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 is, it, is it through these things that God says, that Jesus says that we shine our light? Well, I think that these things are fantastic. I love them. Live a righteous life. Be sanctified. Uh, live a life of exuberance and joyfulness. Uh, you know, uh, call upon the gospel. Live your life in the gospel message. In fact, I, I love the gospel so much that we are starting a new series next week. It's going to go for three or four weeks, a message series on the gospel. We're going to unpack why did Jesus come? What was the reasoning? What did he achieve at the cross? What does it mean when he rose again? What does it mean for us living here in 2020 to be uh, to the gospel message? I'm going to unpack that series. It's going to be amazing. I want to encourage you to invite your friends. Maybe there's people who are seeking they're seeking answers in life. Invite them along. It's going to be a powerful series. Next Sunday, don't miss it, 9-11, 5 p.m. But no, Jesus doesn't say there's any of these things that shows that we are a light. He says this in Matthew 5, 16. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your what? That they may see your good deeds. Your good deeds, Jesus says. Your good deeds. Jesus will see your light by your good deeds. In church circles, it's a little bit of a dirty word, a little bit, it gets a little bit bad rap to talk about good deeds, good works. And the reason for that is because people have misunderstood good works and salvation. People over the years have had a twisted view of what it means, of what good works in a person's life means. See, most people if they believe in God or, or some sort of religion, they will say that the reason that they are made 
right before their God or the reason that they'll get into heaven one day is because of what? Because they're a good person. I believe I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. That's the words that they will say. And yet we find that in Scripture, it doesn't say that salvation comes because of good works. Paul is very clear in the book of Ephesians. He makes a clear statement of how we are saved. And that's the mistake that people make, thinking that God's salvation is based on their good works or their good deeds. This is what Paul says in regards to this thinking, this way of seeing the world. In Ephesians 2 verse 8, he says this, For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. God's grace, my faith equals salvation. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do what? Good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We're not saved by works. Rather, we're saved for works. Do you see the difference? You know, in other words, good works are not a, are not a cause for our salvation, but they are a purpose of our salvation. One of the reasons for, for being saved is to do good works in the world around us, to bring the light of Christ, to shine it through our good deeds. So is it okay to do good deeds? Well, if I'm not mistaken, Jesus just told us in Matthew 5 to do good deeds. So yes, it is okay to do good deeds. But let me just be clear about something. I'm not talking about good deeds and nothing else. I'm not talking about being a good person and nothing else. Uh, let, me, let me follow it up with something else that Jesus said. He said this in Matthew 22, 36. Some people came before him and they asked him this question. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Jesus says the greatest commandment is to love God. That's the greatest commandment. That's the thing we are to do first in our lives. Love God. And then the second commandment is to love others as we love ourselves. In other words, don't allow the second commandment, do good, eclipse the first commandment, love God. Did you get that today? Don't think that being good is more important than loving God. We are to love God first, and then out of our love for God comes good works. See, good works without God is humanism. And I am no way subscribing to a humanistic worldview that says that good works is all that matters. No, God comes first. And out of that, our light shines and comes the good works in our lives. So the question is, isn't can we good do good? The question is, what good can I do? What good can I do? Like, like what good can we do in the world around us? In my life, towards those I live with, in my workplace, in my church community, how can I do good? In the places I frequent, in the sphere of influence that I have, what good can I do? How can I do good? You know, it's very simple. You know, I'm not asking. I'm not talking. I don't believe that Jesus necessarily was talking about doing extravagant and huge things. 
being a missionary for 20 years, selling your house and giving it to the church or, or becoming a pastor. I don't think he's necessarily talking about those things. It's the simple things. When you're walking through the car park, picking up that garbage, that rubbish, rubbish on, the, on, the, on the road, on the, on the path there, picking it up and putting it in the bin. It's mowing, maybe mowing your neighbor's lawn, doing good works. Maybe it's baking a cake and, and leaving it at the doorstep of a friend. It's picking up the phone and calling someone who you know is going through a hard time and being there to listen to them. It's washing the dishes after dinner. Simple things, small things, good deeds. It's getting involved in church. It's giving of our tithes and offerings. It's serving. It's looking after someone's dog when they go away on holidays. It's buying someone the cheeseburger meal when you go to McDonald's. Doing good deeds. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, <coughs> man, this, this is basic stuff, Bronson. Like this is really, really simple. I get this. I know this. I do this. And can I just say to you today, great. That is fantastic. Let me let you in on a secret. I know it too. I know it too. But it's not just doing good. It's doing good to bring glory to God. Glory to God. I need to be constantly reminded to do good in my life, not for me, not for the people around me, but to bring glory to God and His name, that He would be lifted up and magnified in my life and in the world. I have to be reminded that I'm a light to shine in the darkness, that I'm called to be a city on a hill. I'm called to be a lamp on a stand. I'm not called to, to, to I don't shine by indifference or in activity, or by laziness, or in action. I shine by getting involved, rolling my sleeves up, and getting involved and doing good in the world around me and helping others. If I want to push back against all the darkness I see in the world at this moment, I need to let the light of Christ shine in me in the goodness that I do to those around me. And as I start to close today, I want to ask myself, I want to ask you as well, a few questions. And let me ask those questions right now. I want to ask myself, how's my light shining? How am I shining? Am I dim? Am I shining bright? Is my life bringing glory to God? Am I living a life to glorify Christ and Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God the Father? Or am I living a life that's all about me and my, my priorities and, and all about bringing glory to me? Am I a light in the darkness? Or am I contributing to the darkness? Am I contributing to the darkness in the world? Or am I a light? Am I practicing good deeds without loving God? Have I subscribed to the humanistic mentality that says it's good works alone is all that matters. There is no God. Or am I realizing that it's not just good works alone. I must also love God. I want you to take some time this week to think about it. Meditate on it. Spend some time in prayer. God, am I being a light in the world around me? Am I doing these things? Am I bringing glory to your name? Are you living how Jesus has asked you to live? See, the purpose of our good works is to glorify God. This completes the circuit. It closes the loop. It fulfills our function here on earth. Love God and bring glory to Him through our good deeds. God created us to glorify Him. And that is why we do good deeds. Not to be seen or praise, but so that, we, so that we and those around us will give glory to your Father in heaven. 
Let me tell you, the world needs the light of God shining right now. And the way that the world will see that light shining is through your life, is through my life, is through us as we grab a hold of God. The light of the Holy Spirit within us is with us as we start to declare around us in the atmosphere and the environments that we live in and that we that we walk through in our day-to-day life. We just start declaring, God, you are good. I push back on the darkness. Lord Jesus, you are the way, the truth, the light. I just thank you, Lord God, for your light shining through me as I do good word works, as I do good deeds, as I bring glory to you, as I love you. Father God, I am a light in the darkness. Don't forget, you're the light in the darkness shining to bring glory to God.